You couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics? All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPlacido, and the Celtics take out the Lakers in overtime. Final score, 125-121. This was the Jalen Brown redemption game. Uh, Gonna follow today's podcast, same as usual. Run through player of the game, run through some of the highs, some of the lows. Uh, wrap things up talking about where the Celtics stand in the standings right now because there has been a, a good amount of shifting in the Eastern Conference here. So going to re reassess that as well. But to get things started here, got to give player of the game to Jalen Brown. This was a game where Jalen Brown, honestly, it was in foul trouble a lot in this one. Didn't play a ton throughout the majority of the game because of the foul trouble. Uh, but really saw an uptick in minutes in the f- late fourth and overtime. Uh, I think he came in with you know eight minutes left in the fourth. Fortunately, didn't pick up any other fouls because he had five. So he played the remaining you know f- eight minutes of the game and five minutes of overtime. Completely flawless basketball, like through and through. This was a great game. This was him getting back to being efficient. He was 9 of 11 from the free throw line. 37 points in this one. Led the team with that. Nine rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block. Had three turnovers. Honestly, not that bad if you look at Jason Tatum's six. This is a pretty aggressive team in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm just so thrilled to be able to say that we beat them at you know in overtime. Anytime you can beat the Lakers is great. Anytime you can beat LeBron, it's great. Anytime you can beat Pat Bev, it's great. Not to mention you've got Dennis Schroeder over there, whatever. So this was just a this was a fun game. It was a frustrating game through and through. One of the worst officiated games uh, of the season on both sides. People are complaining on both sides, rightfully so, on both of them. But I don't want to dive too much into that. Jalen Brown tonight was sensational, specifically down the stretch. His shot, his three-point shot, still struggling a little bit there. Uh, But you look at what he was able to do down the stretch in this one. He had nine points in the fourth quarter, and then he had 11 points in overtime, 11 points in overtime alone. He stepped up when the Celtics needed him the most. You talk about like an unreal ending to regulation as well. The Celtics were down three and he has a monster, monster and one to tie the game at 105 with four seconds left. Absolutely monster play, right? He gets the put back and the and one and going back to last loss, right? Jalen Brown froze at the free throw line. That was the headline of the last podcast, right? He froze at the free throw line, missed two, where all he needed was one to give the Celtics a chance, and he didn't do it. This is the Jalen Brown redemption game. He hit the end one. He hit the free throw to tie the game, send us into overtime, has another huge and one in overtime to go up three, and then he had a heat check three pretty deep. I think, I think they said it was 28 feet since they threw down 
how far away they were shooting from every single three-point attempt, which I cannot stand. Uh, but incredible heat check three to go up six in overtime. Another unreal pull-up mid-range late in the shot clock after what seemed like a completely wasted possession. He got the ball with seven seconds left and somehow made something happen to go up five there. Like this is just a unreal end of the game performance from Jalen Brown. And he deserves every bit of credit in this one. If it wasn't for overtime and him kind of going off in the fourth quarter, there are a couple other people that I was looking at for player of the game, but he just blew up. He did everything down the stretch for the Celtics team. Defensively, he looked great as well. I talked about that in the last podcast as well, but Jalen Brown is locked in defensively. Uh, and then on top of that, he throws in a 37-point performance today. You love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. They were talking all day about the star, the star duo matchup with LeBron and Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis tonight, I mean, he had a double-double, 16 points, 10 rebounds. Not much, right? LeBron went off 41 points. We'll talk about him in this one. But, you know, this was very much a game where Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, I mean, they combined for 67 points. Like we outscored, we outplayed LeBron and Anthony Davis. So love to see it. The other guy, honestly, I mean, I already talked about Jason Tatum. It wasn't a, it wasn't a great performance overall for Jason Tatum. And again, I know I said this not too long ago, but when you're looking at a 30 point, 11 rebound performance, and saying that it's not that great of a performance for Jason Tatum, it shows how good this frigging kid is. Like, he shot pretty terribly. 8 of 25 in this one, 30-something percent, 30 percent. 3 of 10 from 3, 30 percent. He did get to the line, shot 11 of 12 from the line, but he also turned the ball over six times. So it's not a great performance from Jason Tatum. Uh, but honestly, if it wasn't for him in that third quarter, the Celtics would have been screwed. Like this was a game where Jason Tatum, at the end of the first quarter, had four points. At halftime, he had eight. And he was two of nine from the field, 0 of four from three. I tweeted and said that if Jalen Brown had a game like this, every Celtics fan would be down his back. Jason Tatum comes out immediately after that third quarter steps up huge has 15 points in that third quarter that kept the Celtics in this, right? The Celtics went down 11 points to the Lakers tonight in that third quarter, Jason Tatum willed them back. Right. And then JB pushed it over the finish line. Right. So this was a, it was a solid quarter for Jason Tatum. Cause honestly, outside of that, he didn't really do much. You know, the, the fourth quarter, he had two points. He had five points in overtime. So I guess, you know, that part's nice, right? Free throws for him. But overall, you look, it could have been better. But again, it's a 30-point, 11-rebound performance. So take that, be happy, right? Outside of them, outside of the Jays, there were still a bunch of other guys that stepped up. Malcolm Brogdon, again, if... Jalen Brown did not go off in the fourth quarter and overtime. I would have given player of the game to Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon tonight was sensational. 
This was one of his better games of the entire season. And it's not just because he went out, scored 26 points, had six rebounds, four assists, two steals, a block. Like, he was making all of the right plays the entire game. And on top of that, the playmaking was there. The defense was there. He was out there defending Anthony Davis for a large portion of this game. So the fact that Malcolm Brogdon did not foul out is mind-blowing because he is defending a guy that is six inches taller than he is, and he did it at a very high level. So defensively, Brogdon was incredible. Offensively, like I said, it was just big shot after big shot after big shot. Right, The Celtics were in – like he was a guy that kind of was a catalyst in that fourth quarter run for the Celtics as well. Like he had a huge three to go up 98-96 when the Celtics were down late in the game. He had the two big free throws to tie the game with 40 seconds left. Uh, And then in overtime, like he had a couple of big plays. He also had that big steal midway through overtime as well. Two big free throws late. Malcolm Brogdon was incredible in this one. And this is, again, where the Celtics are so fortunate because we've got a a ton of depth. Like, this is very frustrating going through all of these, the last four games, honestly, without Marcus Smart, right? It's been extremely frustrating to watch because the offense has not looked the same. It's not. Defensively, offensively, the Celtics are not as good as they were when Marcus Smart was playing. And obviously, you know, he's a starting point guard, right? So if you take out any starter on a team, it's going to be a worse team, right? Malcolm Brogdon and Derek White have stepped up. Obviously, missing Marcus Smart still hurts. It's still not the same team. But when you have performances like this from Malcolm Brogdon, and honestly, even from Derek White, it's a good game from him too, and we'll talk about that. But like this makes the entire offseason worth it, right? Because we brought in game time players, like guys that will go out there, give you buckets, but do everything, right? They're going to score, but they're also going to be able to play make. They're also going to be able to create their own shot. They're also defending at a high level. That's what Brogdon and Derek White are doing. Derek White tonight, 14 points, five rebounds, two assists, had another Derek White daily block, which I love to talk about. Uh, but he shot the ball pretty well, too. Five of eight from the field, two of five from three, like good numbers, right? Still moving the ball, still defending at a high level. Uh, he was another one that it. He, they opted to play Grant a little bit more than I would have liked in this one. This was a bad Grant game. We'll talk about that. But I was really surprised that they took Derek White up because he had – some really good minutes out there. He looked really good, played within the flow of the offense as he always does. And Grant was kind of all over the place. Uh, But they opted for Grant. And I tweeted this, fortunately for the Celtics, Grant fouled out uh, because he was just, he was not doing it. He wasn't doing well in this game. And Derek White was. So as soon as Grant fouled out in this game, Derek White came back in, things shifted. Celtics looked better. Uh, so love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, this game certainly wasn't perfect. 
Like you look at a lot of the shooting percentages, they're not really there. The one thing that is better is the free throw percentage. Got 34 of 39 from the free throw line. People want to get the Celtics and their free throws, right? The Celtics are the best free throw shooting team in the NBA, like percentage-wise. It's true. And tonight was just a monster, monster night. And you look at the discrepancy between the Lakers and the Celtics in this one. We took 39 free throws compared to their 20, right? 87% compared to their 75. Like we made more free throws than they took, right? There is a huge difference here. And I want to bring this up because everyone wants to complain about the refs all the time. All the time people want to complain about the refs. The Celtics got the better whistle in this game. They got the better whistle. There were a couple of plays that screwed the Lakers. And either way, like, again, don't want to talk about the refs very much, but you got to give the Celtics credit because they were super aggressive getting downhill in this one. We were, we were, I was hearing a bunch of people complaining about the threes. Guys started hitting them at certain points. In that third quarter, when people were complaining the most about it, they went five of 10 from three in the third quarter. Uh, So guys were stepping up. Guys were hitting shots. Defensively, still a little bit worse than I would like to see, but you're also missing your two best defenders in Marcus Smart and Robert Williams. So the Celtics came out. I'm not going to say this was a must win because there's no such thing as a must win when you're in first place. This early in the season, frankly, I've said that a million times. and I'll say it again here. There is no such thing as a must win, but this was a very, it's a very good spot for a win. When you lose three straight, losing four straight and having that fourth loss be to the Lakers would have been extremely frustrating, extremely frustrating. Uh, So it's a really good win overall. It wasn't perfect. I don't want to talk about it, but before we dive into the negatives here, I want to take a quick break for word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Hopewell Hemp Farms. Hopewell Hemp Farms is your only source for the highest quality American-grown hemp products. If you're like me and love to be active, whether that's playing in an adult softball or basketball league, or your level of activity is limited to yard work, one thing is for certain. As you get older, joints start to hurt. Well, I turn to Hopewell Hemp Farms Body Butter to relax those joints and their amazing tinctures to help me fall asleep. Check them out at HopewellHempFarms.com today and stock your nightstand the only way I know how. Looking for an agent to help you buy or sell real estate? George Dimas at PD Properties is the agent for you. Sell now for a flat 3% commission on the sales price. PD Properties utilizes the most current marketing techniques and strive to put more money in your pocket. If you're looking to buy, call now and George will be with you every step of the way until you find a property you're able to call home. Serving the North Shore and beyond, call George Dimas with PD Properties today at 781-913-2290. That's 781-913-2290. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Guys, it could not get easier. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN, and new customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so got to talk through some of the negatives here. I'm going to try to keep this section short. Uh, these later games kill me, and this is still an East Coast game, so I, I guess I really shouldn't be complaining. But uh, you're looking at the Celtics and the way that they played today. Honestly, the way they've played over the last four games without Marcus Smart, the offensive efficiency has gone downhill, and it's gone down fast. Right, a lot of people want to talk trash about Marcus Smart that he's not a traditional pure point guard, whatever. None of those really exist in today's NBA anymore. There's two or three out there. Marcus Smart does a fantastic job of keeping guys organized on the offensive and defensive end, but he's the guy that slows people down, tells them where to go, really runs the entire offense like a quarterback would for the NFL. Right. Tonight wasn't there. Fourth straight game he's missed. Hopefully we see him in the next week. I don't know. But right now, you look at today's game, 18 assists. 18 assists on 39 makes. This was not a game where the ball was moving. There were a couple of very, very good cuts, mainly by Derek White in this one, had a couple. Uh, but really, he just the entire team wasn't really moving. This was a game where it was Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Malcolm Brogdon, frankly, iso ball. All three of those guys went out, kind of did their thing. There's not a single person on this team that had five assists. Now, I cut that number off a little bit here because Jason Tatum and Malcolm Brogdon did have four, and most of the other people that actually played had two or three. But this is not a game where the ball was moving as crisply as we would like, right? So the Celtics need to get back to that with or without Marcus Smart. They need to figure out how to play basketball the way that they were playing at the beginning of the year. And frankly, it's not that much different. It's continuing to get downhill, which they did a good job of tonight. But when they're driving, keep an eye out. Guys on the perimeter need to be moving they can't sit still in one corner and wait for the ball they need to be setting back screens they need to be moving they need to be cutting to the rim like they did such a good job of it early on and it just kind of went out the window the last couple weeks i'm not even just saying the last four games last couple weeks it slowed down a ton a ton they need to get back to it that's when they'll start to see the three-point percentage go up because they're getting more open looks. And that's when you'll start to see a lot more guys getting down a hill, getting easy buckets at the rim. Like at the end of the day, those easy buckets at the rim are still a better option than 
a tough contested pull up three, right? You still want to be able to get those buckets. It, it breaks open the offense for everybody to get into a rhythm, frankly. Right. So they still need to get better with that. Um, you know, outside of that, honestly, like defensively, this was a tough one. LeBron James at, you know, 72 years old is coming out here and he just, he was unstoppable again. You know, they set a, they set a stat earlier in this game that he has scored 40 points on every single team in the NBA. He did it again tonight, 41 points. This guy, I, I hate, I cannot stand him. Absolutely hate LeBron. Just because of what he's done to the sex over the years. Like he just drives me nuts. But this guy, oh my goodness, is he just unstoppable still. 20 years in, doesn't make sense. 41 points for him, uh, nine rebounds, eight assists. On super, he was 15 of 30 from the field, six of 12 from three. The guy was just unstoppable tonight. And I hate to see it. I hate to see it. But honestly, this Lakers team, they played really well through a large majority of this game. Like they moved the ball, they got to the free throw lines. 15 of 20 is solid. 75% for an NBA team is pretty good, right? 30 assists on 47 makes. That's great, right? They're moving the ball. They're creating opportunities. Their only issue, and the reason that this was just like an absolute blowout, is because defensively, they just weren't there. They could not stop guys from getting downhill at all. Like they shot 12 of 42 from three also, which is not helping them. Uh, But frankly, like we shot 13 of 40 took two less, made one more. It's not really that much of a difference. You know, 28% to 32%, like neither of them are good, right? But at the end of the day, like this Lakers team, they just, there's a couple screws loose up there. You saw guys freaking out. Pat Bev, honestly, pulled one of the funniest stunts I've ever seen in the NBA. Like there was a terrible foul non-foul call at least on LeBron James. Jason Tatum very clearly fouled him at the end of regulation. Celtics should have lost this game. At the end of the day, nothing you can do about it. In the two-minute like um two-minute report, it'll come back and they will say that it absolutely should have been a foul. You can't go back, you can't overturn the result. Celtics won this game. So be it. Jason Tatum very clearly fouled him. Pat Bev went over, found a guy with a camera and showed the ref the camera and said, that's a foul. And he should have been ejected, Frank. Like he absolutely should have been ejected. The game of technical, we ended up, we were winning before the tip off in overtime, which is funny. I don't know. It's to me, at least I, I got a little chuckle out of that, but it's just, the Lakers team is just made of a bunch of, you know, screwballs. There's a couple screws loose up there. You've got LeBron James looking like his entire family was kidnapped. Uh, his reaction, like he was on the ground, like punching the floor. He was so upset. And then you've got Pat Bev just being an idiot. Then you've got Dennis Schroeder, who, you know, based on his tenure at the Celtics, 
I know he's a nut. I know the guy's tapped. So this it's just in shambles. It's the reason they're 23 and 27. They've got talented guys, right? They just cannot play together. And the Celtics took advantage of that. So at this point, like that's where I'll wrap up the game talk overall. It's a really solid win. It was very much needed because the Celtics kind of struggled the last, you know, four games with Marcus Smart out, Robert Williams out tonight too. Like this is a this is a big win. The 76ers ended up winning today as well. And prior to our win, they were just two games behind. It would have been a game and a half behind us in first place. And they've won seven straight games, nine and one in their last 10, right? So at this point, like they're right up there in the standings. Milwaukee, right behind them, three games behind us. You know, even after a three-game losing streak, we still have a two-and-a-half game lead in the Eastern Conference. People need to relax. Celtics still look good, right? Are there issues? Absolutely. Can they? Should they fix things? Absolutely. Uh, I will say, before today's game, uh, Eddie House, Brian Scalabrini, uh, we're talking to Wick Rouseback on the pregame report. And Wick basically said that Brad has the green light to go out and do whatever he wants at the trade deadline, whatever he wants. And that to me is good to hear. He's like, we're focused on this year. We're not focused about three years down the road. We're not focused about four years down the road. Obviously those things matter, but we're focused about now, right? That to me, great ownership. Right now, the Celtics do have some needs. I think that they really do need to add some sort of wing depth. The big man depth is a, is another story. I don't know what they're going to do with that, but their options are very limited. Unless they go out and trade a guy like Gallinari, who is thrilled to be in Boston, has been working his ass off trying to come back, is signed for next year also. He's on a two-year contract. Like, is it is it worth it to do that and it kind of offset the opportunity, offset the chance that he comes back and is extremely efficient for the Celtics? You obviously don't know what he's going to be coming off an injury. Uh, but at this point, hearing Wick say that with the state of the team currently, like we're the only team in the NBA with a winning percentage in the 700s a pretty damn good thing right uh, so that's where we're gonna wrap things up celtics still have a two and a half game lead in the eastern conference still have the best record in the entire nba it's a good spot to be right that's where we're gonna wrap things up for today if you haven't done so already guys make sure to follow me on twitter at nba celtics guy make sure to join our facebook page boston celtics till i die and our youtube page boston celtics game day recap have a great night, Celtics fans. We'll talk soon. Yeah, you couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics?